Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Welcome once again to Horse Racing Northwest. As we look forward to week number three of the 2021 Emerald Down season, Joe Withy and Vince Brune getting ready for a Wednesday and Thursday night of thoroughbred racing. Vince, last week uh, temperatures were considered around 10 degrees lower than normal for late May, and this week are around uh, 10 degrees higher than normal, at least on uh, Wednesday of the week, but uh, we can certainly handle it. Beautiful outside. Yeah. Absolutely uh, blue skies, as they used to sing, the blue skies are in Seattle, right? Mary Como. Uh, we've got that right now. Yeah. So uh, Belmont Stakes on Saturday, Emerald Downs will open at 8 a.m. this Saturday, June 5th, and the first Belmont race goes right after 8.30 a.m. Emerald Downs time. So keep that in mind. The third jewel, longest race in the Triple Crown. Anthony, the big ace to Bill is going to join us on this podcast. And those of you who have followed the Win Place show over many years on KJR uh, know that Anthony has had just a tremendous run in his backyard there in the big one, the Belmont Stakes. So it'll be great to get his insight on that. And Scott Hansen of the Seattle Times also going to join us. And he's pretty much been involved in Emerald Downs history through the Seattle Times, Vince. Sure has, and uh, done a great job covering them. And uh, boy, Scott's busy. He's got a lot of beats right now with the uh, Times. And he's not only covers it, he's a big fan of thoroughbred racing yes, too. you bet. So Scott Hansen, Seattle Times, joining us a little bit later in this cast. So, uh, hey, let's take a quick... Uh, look back at last week here at Emerald Downs, waste, racing on Wednesday and Thursday. We had a rainy day on Thursday night, uh, May 27th, but uh, some good racing that night. The handle was good, and, uh, you know, for a wet track and, and really raining hard early in the card, everything was safe and, 
And uh, that was kind of an enjoyable night. I stayed dry. How about you? We, we have the opportunity to do that usually. Yeah, and you mentioned the handle. We did over $1.6 which was really nice to see. A mm-hmm. season high, and it was safe, and not many scratches, and a uh, lot of good efforts. I think we'll replay one of those here in a few minutes. Let's do it right now. Let's uh, hear uh, one of the top races on Thursday at Emerald Downs. It's Coastal Run for the final furlong. Zip and Seven's trying to close ground along the inside. Then Frisco Frills been there every step of the way. And rolling again on the outside is Camden High. Mad dash to the finish and La Una surging through at the inside up to win it. Yeah, La Una got up and, you know, very similar to her only other career win. Uh, she just did not run early last year as a two-year-old in her only start, but she got up in that race going four and a half, and this was a very visually impressive win again to go two for two now, Vince. Yep, she beat time for goal last year, and mm. this one she came off the pace, which had, it wasn't really easy to do last week, Joe, so uh, in, right. in bonus points for that. Uh, bred by Rick and Debbie Paps, Luna that is, trained by Blaine Wright, and the Paps had a big week. They also had Nation Heart. We talked about that loaded maiden special weight yeah. event last week, and Nation Heart uh, with a really big effort there. Yeah, Nation Heart over just passing through. Those two uh, really prominent the whole way up front. Nation Heart got it for the uh, Cooper Barn, Kevin Radke aboard. Uh, yeah, impressive career debut for the Sun of Nationhood and Brown, who is just a multiple Washington bread producer. Well, how about uh, weekly honors from uh, the previous? Well, yeah, we mentioned Nation Heart, the owner. They're Poseidon Partners, too, uh, are our owner of the week. Washington bread is uh, La Una. Uh, Jockey of the Week, Alex Anaya had a couple nice wins, yeah. and he really fits that remember to breathe, Joe. Uh, they, they won the first route race of the season and the trainer Dion Asmussen her first career win first Emerald Downs win tippy tap on sand winning the finale so congratulations to Dion Asmussen yes our trainer of the week very good yeah first Emerald Downs victory for her we've seen her start uh horses here in the past not uh, a whole bunch but uh congratulations there so there's last week's uh honors winners and uh we do definitely have a sad note to bring that uh Many people around the track are aware of uh, Larry Smith passed away. Larry was a very familiar name in Washington racing, Oregon racing as well. Uh, started working as an assistant trainer for Ed Walsh in the mid-80s or so at Long Acres. Was with him for quite a few years. Trained in his own name here at Emerald Downs uh, for many seasons as well. And generally spent the winters down in Portland, but uh, very familiar face and uh, Larry, uh, had some issues from a stroke, a uh, couple few years ago and, and was believed he just, uh, his heart didn't, uh, last for him there. So, uh, keep in mind for, with any services as of course these memorial services, unfortunately, uh, um, delayed and, and, uh, very private in the era of COVID, but, um, you can keep in track of that. So. Our condolences to the family of Larry Smith, a member of this thoroughbred community for uh, close to 40 years. So there is that. Uh, We're racing on Wednesday and Thursday night again this week, 6 p.m. post time. Uh, Look for a possible schedule change next month. We're working on some things. Now, we are going to run on Saturday, July 3rd. That is already set, and it looks like we're going to have a fireworks show. You can get the full promotional schedule 
at emeralddowns.com. And you can also get Vince's news and notes at emeralddowns.com, which are updated uh, already for this coming week. And again, uh, great source of information. Fantastic. If you, if you want to follow Emerald Downs and you're doing a little handicapping or you're just a fan of, of horses and horsemen that are local, uh, check out the news and notes at emeralddowns.com there. And uh, what, uh, what are you looking at right there, Vince, that uh, you have next for us? Well, we had uh, a little thing on Alex Cruz. Yes. Who's, uh, you know, I one of my favorite cliches, hallmark of excellence is consistency. Well, Alex has only won at least a race 29 straight days. That dates to August 6th of last year, Joe. Yeah. Four for four this year. Kevin Radke, I guess, had, I wasn't here then, Joe, but you probably remember he had a 30, 30 straight days back in 2003. Of course, Kevin riding again in... Alex has a chance to equal the record on Wednesday and eclipse it on Thursday. Yes. And uh, at least uh, before scratches, he's riding all 18 races. Uh, yes, that's week. right. We have 10 races on Thursday night. Yeah. So uh, he's got a pretty good chance to do it. He's pulled a rabbit out of the hat a couple times lately to keep that streak alive. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. charging late. So, uh, you know, he's a, he's a pleasure to watch, Joe. He is a, a heck of a competitor and a strong finisher and uh, obviously a workhorse. Yeah, he is our defending jockey champion in his first season up here last year, Alex Cruz. Uh, won by about 20 victories as well in his first year up here and had that fantastic uh, closing day. Was it five winners or four? Five wins, Five yeah. wins on closing and day last year. 72 yeah. wins in 38 days, almost yeah. two a day. Yeah. So very, very good work. Yes, and we do have some carryovers in our uh, multi, in our races uh, wagering, uh, not all multi-race wagers, because the Pentafecta is brand new this year. It's on the last race of every card at Emerald Downs, and if nobody has the first five finishers in perfect order, Pentafecta, some know it as the super high five, same type of bet, pick the first five perfectly, and nobody did that last Thursday night, so we have a carryover of $4,897 in the Pentafecta, and those little carryovers, uh, they always uh, spur a little extra interest. And the jackpot pick six as well is growing. It's up to 11299 for that carryover. Jackpot pick six on Wednesday night will be races three through eight. So get your handicapping going there, and you've got eleven grand plus in the carryover pool for the jackpot pick six. And of course, if you do pick six winners, you're going to get paid. But if you have the only ticket with six, you're going to get the big bulk of that pool. And uh, those things uh, start growing, especially with our placement Wednesday, Thursday night. We get a lot of eyes on that. And, and uh, many handicappers look directly at that carryover list uh, and uh, plan accordingly on that. Hey, Roger LeBlanc, who's been a guest of the Win Play Show and uh, Horse Racing Northwest several times, uh, go to lazybetterusa.com. And he looks for a Wednesday false favorite. And uh, he was successful last week with his false favorite. He, he bet two horses to win. Now, the horse that won, he did have that one, but it got bet down to six to five. So for his $4, if you're $4 win bet, you're dutching, betting two horses to win. You had a very small profit, but you you beat the horse that he was trying to beat. And uh, he didn't certainly didn't lose on that. So lazybetterusa.com. The Wednesday Falls favorite at Emerald Downs is up, and that is uh, free to take a look at there. So uh, we're going to have Anthony Stabile and Scott Hansen on 
So I think we can go and uh, introduce the big A, Anthony Stabile. Need to have his outlook, his handicapping expertise, Belmont Stakes Week. You know him from the Win Play Show for, well, the last uh, 15, 16 years. And so much great information on the Belmont. Anthony, I, I think you had a five-year winning streak, but I know that the win payoffs... Uh, there's no no chalk word involved in some of these payoffs, and uh, so good to have you part of Horse Racing Northwest Belmont Stakes Week, man. Thanks, Joe. It's always a pleasure to be on with you folks, and uh, I love uh, I love all the fans and all the wagering oh. uh, patrons out there in Pacific Northwest. There's not five in a row. Um, okay, but we've had a ridiculous. If I do say so myself, you know, hyping opinions with this game all about it. If you don't give it to yourself, I don't know who you're going to give it to. Um, there you go. Drazel Meyer, 2010, paid 28 bucks, I think. Uh, Tonalist was the big one, 20 bucks to win, $344 exactly with Commissioner. Creator paid 34 Capra yeah. paid 12 There was uh, Union Rags in there at seven and change. It all started, I think, with the first Belmont winner I gave out on the win play show was rags to riches back in 2007 yeah um she paid 11 bucks beat curlin so beat curlin you know, what a race that was yeah a lot of success in the race uh the beast of the belmont for the three weeks between the previous and the belmont not that i need another nickname but i have anointed myself <laughs> the beast of the belmont again if you're not going to give yourself a nickname i don't know who's going to hey, um if you don't great you can't card this year yeah really looking forward to uh the 153rd belmont 12,000 is what we're going to have there. 12,000 fans. It was great. Memorial Day spent the day out at the track. and It's just so wonderful to have the people back at the races. Yeah, and, the, and one of the best cards of the year. Probably the best card other than the Breeders' Cup, which, of course, has huge interest with all the divisions involved. Uh, but the Belmont has all the divisions involved as well. And that unique course at Belmont Park with the turf courses and the the mile and a half oval. It's just a, just an awesome setting. So much drama there over the years. Uh, just an understatement there. But uh, make sure you listen to Anthony on HRRN Horse Racing Radio Network. Uh, he's on from twelve to three, which is three to six Pacific time, Wednesday through Friday. And he also does this great uh, call-in show. Uh, I, I love listening to that. And you got some regular callers and uh, you let as many people on as you can. It's an hour on Thursdays and then the uh, stakes preview on Friday going over all the big races of the weekend. So you guys, uh, you got some handicapping to do for this week. That's for sure. As always. Yes, sir. 12 to 3 Pacific time, mm -hmm. Wednesdays, 12 to 4 Pacific, Wednesday, uh, Thursdays and Fridays, horseracingradio.net. You could stream it live. Uh, we're in over 160 countries. You can listen on Sirius 219, XM 201, depending on what bandwidth you have, if you have Sirius Satellite Radio as well. Yeah, I, you know what, Joe? I think this might be the best Belmont Day card I've seen. Um, well, that's it's saying, amazing. That's saying uh, something. Yeah. Uh, the Met Mile, I know a lot of people online, right away on Twitter, all the experts. Uh, oh, there's only six in the Met Mile. Well, uh, again, I'll tell you what. You have Nick's Go making his first start since Dubai. Uh, since Saudi Arabia, rather, getting back to his favorite distance, a flat mile. You have Silver State, who's won five in a row for Steve Asmussen. Ricardo Santana Jr. will ride him and beat Steve and Ricardo teamed up with B. Jersey uh, back in 2018 to beat Mind Your Biscuits on the line. He held mm. off Mind Your Biscuits in a thrilling renewal of the Metropolitan. 
Mischievous Alex won the Carter last time out. He's a perfect three for three. It's being turned over to trainer Safi Joseph. Dr. Post won all prep for this to Westchester. He was second to the law in the Belmont last year. Rowan Lexitonian, who got beat a nose in the, in the Churchill Downs by my standards, who won the Oakland Mile last time. That's the six. Charlatan, yeah. if he was healthy, wouldn't have been allowed to run. Bob Baffert not allowed to run at Naira right now. So he's not even really missing. Great race. Uh, one of my favorite races of the year along with the Belmont Stakes down that mile. Yeah, it's it's a tremendous race. Uh, one turn, mile run. And uh, I know you've been on Silver State a couple of times on the Stakes preview. So uh, he is one that you're going to have to let any uh, personal feelings go on your uh, handicapping. But uh, Anthony, yeah, listen to his shows. Uh, boy, he is in on uh, all the issues that are current in racing and, of course, an outstanding handicapper. Uh you're just doing so great in this game. I really love listening to you, man. So I appreciate that, Joe. Yeah. Same here. Keep Same. And of course, talking talking horses for Naira. Yep. Um, starts the day Thursday through Sunday on our live race days. Andy Serling and I, my man, my main man, Andy Serling and I uh, <laughs> try to entertain and give out some winners, and make some money. He's been on some run. I'm starting to heat up. Good. Uh, Belmont Stakes Day. This should be a this should be a fun show. I don't know the time we're going to be starting, but you can catch it on YouTube. Um, Naira Betts, of course, play any track, any place at any time on Naira Betts, and um, you can tune in there. Uh, really, really looking forward to Saturday. Saturday, June 5th, back at its regular spot on the calendar, the Belmont Stakes, the oldest and longest of the Triple Crown races. So that's a trivia thing to keep in the back of your mind. Not really trivia with uh, the tradition there at Belmont Park. Well, you know, Anthony, Rombauer is a horse that you have mentioned in a positive vein uh, several times over the winter and spring. I, I don't think he was your top pick in the Preakness, but uh, you certainly didn't have any knocks on him. And, of course, he was huge at 11-1 to 1 for trainer Michael McCarthy, Flavian Pratt, uh, just, uh, boy, his presence on that far turn and, and finishing on. So he is back in. He's going to be a lot lower than 11-1 to 1 in this uh, eight-horse field. Uh, just tell us some early thoughts here on the Belmont Stakes. Well, I, I got to tell you, Joe, um, to me, the key to the Belmont Stakes is watching the Kentucky Derby replay. Mm-hmm. And you watch it a bunch of times. And, you know, in this race especially, you have uh, Burbonic, who's coming back, Essential Quality, Hot Rod Charlie, Known Agenda, Rock Your World. Yep. Six of the eight ran. Five of the eight, rather, ran in the Kentucky Derby. So went back and watched that replay a bunch of times. Um, and then you have the, the, new, the new shooters, uh, the horses that didn't run in the Belmont, Francisco de Ina, Ron Bauer, like you mentioned, and Overtook. So the thing with Ron Bauer... And I'm going to give you the knocks on Ron Bauer because I don't like Ron Bauer on Saturday. Okay. Um, between his seven starts, he's had six weeks, three weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, six weeks, and then the big break from the Breeders' Cup Juvenile to February. He's run best when he's had more time. I got a funny feeling that's why after he ran as well as he did in the Bluegrass, they decided not to run in the Derby even though they had enough points and points at a Preakness. And then he runs – a race exponentially better than he had ever run before in the previous. Mm -hmm. So I think a, he probably needs more time between his races and B, he has to react to that effort. uh, If he doesn't, he is going to be a very, very dangerous. I don't even want to say three-year-old. He'll be a dangerous horse the rest of the way, because it certainly seems like he's going to eat up Brown. Michael McCarthy's trainer. I had him on uh, the race day program on HRN. He, he thinks he's going to eat up Brown. With all that said, I think he's probably going to, react to that race and 
I don't know if it's enough time. Um, so of the horses that didn't run in the Derby, he's going to be the one that takes the most money, obviously. Um, overtook was third in our Peter Pan. He's a little slow. And Francisco de Ina. Francisco de Ina is a little interesting. He got a, a very interesting ride from Joel Rosario in the Freakness. He was up close to the pace. He made a move similar to the one he made uh, the day before with Army Life to win the Black Eyed Susan. He made the same exact move with Francisco de Ina. Kind of ran out of horse. This horse is eligible for a million-dollar bonus being based in Japan. Wow. If he wins the Belmont Stakes on Saturday. I think he's a little interesting. In a race where there's not a ton of speed, it looks like it's him and Rock Your World. One of them will be in front. The other will be sitting second, I would imagine. Um, I think he might be interesting. He's the most interesting of the horses that didn't run in the Derby to me. At a gigantic price, Ricardo Santana Jr. is going to ride. He'll be aggressive with him. And we've, we've seen horses who have been forward in the Belmont at big prices. Commissioner was forward. He was second at a huge number a few years ago. Jovia uh, finished third or fourth at a big price after setting the pace. So, Francisco Deina of the horse that didn't run in the Derby was the one that piqued my interest the most. I, I'll use him okay. in some exactas and some tries at 30 to 1 on the morning line. Okay, France, go to Ina, the, the Japanese horse that ran in the UAE Derby, was uh, sixth of 14 there several weeks before the Preakness. And as Anthony just outlined his Preakness stakes, uh, uh, Joel Rosario trying to duplicate a ride uh, just uh, didn't quite have the horse. Ron Bauer made the big and winning move. So then you go to Essential Quality, the Kentucky Derby favorite, who ran, uh, what, uh, 28 feet more than the winner, something like that, uh, on Derby Day. Uh, what's your thoughts on essential quality from the two post? Of the horses that hit the wire together in the Derby, he'd be the one I want the most. Mm -hmm. um, again, continuing with the let's knock them before we boost them. The horse I don't want is Hot Rod Charlie. I'm against Hot Rod Charlie and Rondau, and they're second and third choices on the morning line, which is a nice way to try to look at this race, I think. Sure. Um, Hot Rod Charlie, to me, got an absolutely perfect trip and just hung on the money. Don't trust that the, the short notes in the DRF and the president DPs. Go back and watch that race a bunch of times. And they say traffic for Hot Rod Charlie. Boy, I'd like to see that traffic. He couldn't have had a better trip if they scripted it. Mm -hmm. And I, to me, he was the one that hung. and He's the one that's going to have some distance issues. So I'm against him. Essential quality. I think if you switched the trips, the central quality would have probably won the Kentucky Derby. Um, with that said, he still hung a little bit on the uh, hung's the a long word. That's you know he he got bumped at the start, but then after that he had a clean trip, even though he was wide. I, I thought he had every chance to win. He'd certainly be the one I want for the simple fact that I'm not so sure he's not the best horse in the race. Um, you know, if this race is a mile and an eighth, a mile and a sixteenth, this horse would probably be six to five in this race. But it's yeah. not. It's a mile and a half. So yeah, it was a little um, funny. It was a little funny final quarter, final three sixteenths of the Derby with the uh, one through four pretty much holding their positions. And uh, you know, if you were on any one of those, you were rooting hard and you had a shot. But uh, nobody passed anybody in that uh, final part of the race. So no. essential quality ran the widest, and he was clearer, as Anthony said. Uh, just maybe a little disappointing being undefeated going in. So he's your favorite in the uh, Belmont on 
Saturday, going a mile and a half. Uh, all right, uh, Rock Your World, what's your thoughts on him? I like Rock Your World a little bit. Rock Your World will be first, laying first or second. Joe Wilson yep. will give him an aggressive ride, you know that. Like we said earlier about Francisco Dean as a long cut, obviously Rock Your World seemed a little bit more talented than him. And I would imagine that he's going to get a forward trip. He's the horse. It's funny. We'll get to my top pick in a minute because I have a really strong opinion about this race. Um, he's the horse I'm probably most afraid of upsetting the race. But if he doesn't take advantage of his trip or he's not good enough, or at the end of the day, he's just a turf horse, which could certainly be the case. You know, he could have won that Santa Anita Derby uh, due to circumstance. He got an aggressive ride. He went right to the lead. And, you know, Medina Spirits never passed the horse, so it, it wasn't too shocking. I think he's going to get the same ride on Saturday, and horses like that always scare me. Well, Joel's my favorite rider. I think he's him and Robert T. Jr. are the two best riders in the country, and I think it's a long way back to third, if I'm being honest. I think Joel's going to give him a, a, a good ride and, and, and an aggressive ride. And I think that'll benefit him. He's probably the horse that would, I'm making a big exacta box in my top pick and with uh, Central Plow, really a big exacta. I love known agenda on Saturday. Okay, there I it is. I know you teased this known. last week on HRRN. You said, I have a strong opinion in the Belmont already, and here it is. I love known agenda. I, I, you know, you go back, back and watch the Derby, and this is what I mean. Be careful when you read trip notes, folks. Uh, shifted out, improved. That was his trip note. Mm -hmm. The trip note for Hot Rod Charlie was traffic split willing. If you tell me <laughs> that Hot Rod Charlie had more traffic and trouble than known agenda, I'll buy you a brand new suit, as the old saying goes. Um, broke from that one hole. It was a little bit of a better post this year. Uh, a little bit of a better situation, I should say, this year because of the new starting gate. You're still breaking from the one hole in a 19-horse field after the scratch. Um, Broke great. I think the new gate was fantastic. He had a position. And then what's going to happen in a 20-horse field, 19-horse field, they're going to start dropping over on you. He had some traffic trouble going past the wire the first time. He had some traffic trouble once they straightened out down the backstretch the first time. And then when Soup and Sandwich called it a day, he was getting ready to make a move along the inside. And you could see a rat have to stand up on him. And he lost some momentum. And he lost position. What I loved about all three times he got stopped, he kept coming. A lot like Taprit. Taprit kept coming in the 2017 Kentucky Derby, and it got him the money in the Belmont Stakes. This horse kept coming. This horse has run well inside of horses, outside of horses. And I'm going to tell you what, this pace scenario does not look very – it doesn't look like it's going to be that quick. I would imagine Free Rock Your World and France Go to Ina are the first two, and I would imagine that Essential Quality and Known Agenda are the second two. Maybe Hot Rod Charlie leaves for a little position. I can't imagine a rod's going to have this horse seven, eight lengths off the lead. You want to know what? If he does, I don't even know if I mind. I think he'll put him in the right position, though. I think by Colin, he's going to not have no trouble. His pedigree tells me he's going to love the mile and a half. His running style... And the way he closes and finishes in his races tells me he's going to love the mile and a half. I think this horse, I love this horse on Saturday. I'm making a big win bet on him. I'll make an exacta with essential quality and rock your world. A little exacta with Francisco Dina. Turn around the essential quality exacta for a little bit more. 
then Rock Your World and France Go to Ina just to cover the bet. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you what, this comes 6 2, known agenda over essential quality. You'll hear me in Howard Beach on Saturday. <laughs> Very good. Howard Beach, uh, out, where's that right outside of Brooklyn? Or- yeah, Queen, Queens, Brooklyn border. We're in okay. Queens. We're about a mile and a half from Aqueduct and JFK Airport. Okay. Known Agenda by Curlin, trained by Todd Pletcher, Irad Ortiz, back up in the Belmont Stakes. And uh, just a price do you think he might be uh, on Saturday? Our fantastic morning line odds maker, David Aragona, mm. had him at, has him at 6-1. to one. Okay. Um, Rebels Romance came out on Tuesday morning when they drew right before the draw, so he wasn't even into that. I think he would have probably been a point or two higher. I made a morning line. I'm still doing my stuff over at VegasInsider.com. Vegas um, Insider. Yep. I made my morning line over there. It was pretty close. I had him at eight, but I had a rebel romance in there. David does an amazing yep. job. Um, I think the line's where it's supposed to be, and I, I think he'll be six, six to one, uh, six, seven to one like that, depending on how much money. I think Rock Your World's going to take more money uh, because of the pace scenario. I think a lot of people will disregard France Godina and his tactical speed. And I think Rocky World's going to take a lot of money. I don't know about John Sadler outside of California. Stuff like that bugs me more than it bugs most people. But he's scary because if he gets loose on the lead or he gets first crack at the words like France Godina and France Godina calls it a day early um, and he opens up a lead somewhere around the three-eighths pole, Maybe it's insurmountable. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping known agenda comes and chops them down with a brand new hatchet in the last quarter of a mile. Very good. Known agenda for the Big A, Anthony Stabile. Uh, there is a detailed outlook at this Saturday's Belmont Stakes. Uh, appreciate it so much, Big A. Uh, get back to your buds there and handicap the rest of that card. And thank you so much for your insight and expertise. Joe, very quickly. Mm-hmm. You have a quick minute. Sure. The Jiper okay. is a turf sprint. It's our grade one turf sprint. Definitely it goes six. Okay. Starts to pick six. Yep. I got a single for everybody in that race. Okay. And I don't often, I hate turf sprints. <laughs> I don't think Bound for Nowhere can get beat. I like Silver State in the Met Mile, and that's not my heart talking. I think the one-turn mile is going to be just what the doctor ordered, and I think those, he gets six in a row. So those are the two horses I'm going to be uh, honing in on for the pick six and uh, the pick fives on the card. So uh, those are the two. And by, for a little bit of a price in the uh, in the Ogden Phipps, I think Bonnie I think Bonnie South upsets the apple card, beats Swiss Skydiver and Latruska. Yeah, and you were on Latruska at uh, Oaklawn. I know that. So uh, defeating those other two great mares. Anthony Stabile, Silver State, bound for nowhere, known agenda in the Belmont. And uh, who was it in the Ogden Phipps again? Uh, that would be Bonnie South. Bonnie South, right. Bonnie South. Okay, I got that written down, and I might just hear all this again on the Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN, a busy week for the Big A in his backyard. Again, thank you, and uh, we'll talk to you down the line. You got it, Joe. Thanks. Good luck, everyone. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest, thanks so much to the Big A, Anthony Stabile, 
can also catch some of his work at VegasInsider.com. And, of course, we mentioned HRRN, uh, where he is uh, really rising as a handicapper and uh, journalist in thoroughbred racing. Uh, he he tackles all the issues, and uh, we got to know him early and, and uh, like his style. And, of course, he has many fans here in Western Washington through his handicapping successes, especially in the Belmont. Hey, uh, Vince, let's do a little segment here where we just go back and forth with uh, some anecdotal information. Um, we both kind of pay attention on that kind of stuff and uh, both have to handicap, basically. You do the morning line, and I'm making a selection every race. So start us off with uh, a bit of information. Okay, well, you mentioned the morning line. Uh, we all know Mike Mann's Gold won his debut here, uh, opening week. That was his 24th Emerald Downs victory, three ahead now of West Seattle boy all time. Well, he runs tomorrow, Thursday, excuse me, Thursday, June 3rd in race eight. Mm -hmm. He's the five to two morning line favorite there. And that's kind of news because Mike Mann's goal, this is a little bit counterintuitive, hasn't been favored in his last 16 starts. And uh, that goes back to, I believe, July 2019, but he'll probably be favored in race eight Thursday. Okay, Mike Mann's gold uh, with all those successes. Not favored in quite a while. I've got a Mike Mann's Gold follow-up for you. He is the leading active stakes winner for Washington bred horses. Did Mike not know Mann's, that. Yeah, Mike Mann's Gold with four stakes wins. Uh, Baja Sir, Elliott Bay, and Unmatchable all have three stakes wins among active Washington bred runners. So... Uh, Mike Mann's gold on top of another list. Vince? Well, okay. You just mentioned Baja Sur. Well, I always look at the work tab every day. Guess who worked five furlongs at Emerald Downs on Wednesday, June 2nd Ooh. today? Baja Sur. So he's up here. Outstanding. And I got to think, you know, I'm sure we'll have Blaine right on at some point, uh, that uh, our 2019 Washington Horse of the Year could be looking at our biggest race here. Yeah. Blaine has uh, mentioned that as a poss very strong possibility. Great. Um, and speaking of champions, Washington champions, by the way, Baja Sur is undefeated at Emerald Downs, four for four. Uh, Elliott Bay is in the first race on Wednesday night, and he was our 2020 Sprinter of the Meat and 2020 Top Older Horse. So he's back home and just one stake win behind Mike Mann's gold for active winners and uh, had kind of a little bit of a rough early start in the Long Acres Mile, finished fourth there. But Elliott Bay back in his home state. Vince? Okay. Well, you mentioned champions. How about this one? 2018 Washington champion Fillier Mare and turf performer Psycho Sister, now eight years old, has not raced since winning the Miss America on December 8th, 2018 at Golden Gate. Two works here at Emerald Downs for uh, R.A. Herbertson. Wow. Including a bullet, five furlongs and 59 and four on Sunday. So we'll have to chase down Ari and see what... Uh, He's looking for with that eight-year-old Washington bread by Freud out of Melba Jewel. Yeah, she edged out Sip and Fire for leading earner among Washington breads in 2018. So uh, interesting there. Maybe she had a little trouble in the breeding shed. We don't know, but we'll find out more about that in the weeks coming. Okay, how about Oh Marvelous Me? He is in the fifth race on Wednesday. He won his career debut in 2016. He's won here five consecutive years, ages four through eight, now a nine-year-old. And uh, off the form, if this race was uh, in uh, early November, mid-November of 2020, he'd be favored because he was beating these type of horses pretty nicely 
in his last two starts of 2020. Yeah, and we'll see Papa's Golden Boy in that uh, race as well. We all, we all know how fast he is. Okay, another one here. Uh, Ryan Barber uh, didn't ride here last year. He has mounts Wednesday and Thursday at Emerald Downs. Uh, Ryan rode 27 winners here in 2019, tying for seventh in the jockey standing. So good to see him back. Excellent. Yeah, Ryan Barber, boy, he had some uh, really fine rides on high-priced horses and uh, just uh, did well at 2019. There's a horse called Linda's Ballet in the seventh race on Wednesday. Number one horse. It'll be her Emerald Downs debut. She has won at Saratoga, Belmont, and Aqueduct. So uh, nice work in her career so far. Yeah, and, uh, well, law-abiding citizen and... uh, our 2019 uh, Long Acres Mile winner finished fourth in the Daytona Stakes at Santa Anita over the weekend. And then the horse he beat, Any Port in a Storm, mm-hmm. finished uh, last in the All-American on Labor Day after setting the pace at Golden Gate Field. So we'll have to wait and see uh, what's up with those two horses going forward. Very good. Very good. Yes. And uh, here's a little bit of a, uh, not off the shoot of current racing, but... John Lindley's trip notes at emeralddowns.com. Race notes, trip notes. Pay attention there. Excellent information from John Lindley. Go to emeralddowns.com, go to racing, click on trip notes, and you get a detailed account of uh, horses, races, and and, uh, the races from last year contained as well. So don't forget about those handicappers. Vince? Okay, and then uh, Unmatchable, uh, a champion here uh, Mm -hmm. last year. Also back up at Emerald Downs after a spring campaign in Phoenix, uh, surfacing on the work tab, working a half and 47 and four uh, on Sunday for Jack McCartney. Very good. Okay. Well, you know, who had his best year ever at age 11 for Jose Navarro uh, last year, of course, uh, you know who I'm talking about, the mm-hmm. old timer. The doctor. Yeah. Dr. Bruce S. And he is in on Thursday at Emerald Downs. And he can become the fourth horse to win as a 12-year-old at this track. Colonel Courtney, don't you love it? And, of course, West Seattle Boy have all won as a 12-year-old. And uh, second off the bench for Dr. Bruce S., he could join that group on Thursday. Okay, I think I'm about out there, Are you about out? Okay, I think I have one more. And this is off uh, your news and notes at emeralddowns.com. There's only one sire that has two wins so far after four days of racing. Of course, you know who that is. That's Coast Guard. Yeah, Coast Guard's the only sire with two races won and just tons with one, including Harbor the Gold, which is a little bit strange for him to only have one winner so far. And that winner was last Thursday. The medal man led uh, nicely with his speed uh, all the way in the uh, over the wet track. So Harbor the Gold... Uh, that uh, figures to change a little bit, I think. Uh, yeah, he'll probably be up top before too long here. And did we mention the Daytona Stakes? You mentioned John Lindley. Did we mention his Majestic Eagle? Go ahead, Joe. Okay, Majestic Eagle was uh, second over the weekend to the favorite in the uh, Daytona Stakes at Santa Anita. Uh, Law abiding citizen was in that race, pressing the pace. I can't remember the name of the winner there, but uh, uh, Bombard, an eight year old right. from the Richard Mandela barn. Strong and favorite. Strong favorite. Yeah, nice run for Majestic Eagle there to earn 20 grand in a graded race. Yeah, and they definitely wanted to get that race in because they're looking, of course, at some two turn turf starts uh, upcoming and they got that race and they got a good one in majestic and Eagle. that pays a lot of bills so yeah. good for john yeah indeed okay there's a back and forth segment for us 
here on Horse Racing Northwest. And uh, hey, we're going to have, uh, let's do our selections at the end. We'll take a short break here and come back with Scott Hansen of the Seattle Times on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Horse Racing Northwest continues, and uh, our pleasure, myself and Vince, to have Scott Hansen of the Seattle Times on Horse Racing Northwest. He's joined us before, and a uh, uh, familiar face at Emerald Downs does a super job, Vince, on covering thoroughbred racing here in the Northwest. Sure does. A lot of great features over the years, and Scott's a handicapper himself, and uh, he goes back a ways in thoroughbred racing. So, yeah, great to have Scott join us. Scott, thank yeah. you. Good afternoon. Yeah, happy to be with you guys. Yeah. I've been with you guys for a long time, obviously. Yeah, and uh, just uh, we want to thank the Times again for uh, having Emerald Downs entries and charts in the newspaper. Uh, that just is, uh, you know, I don't want to let the cat out of a bag, but a lot of tra uh, newspapers don't do that in major markets, but uh, we really appreciate that. Um, it's just been a great tradition, and uh, thank you for that. I know uh, you had to help on that a little bit. Yeah, I was happy to, happy I might have, uh, I put a good plug in, put it that way. <laughs> Very good. Well, Scott, we've got our 25th birthday coming up on June 20th, and you've pretty much been uh, an observer, a journalist, a handicapper, a fan uh, ever since we opened. Uh, so a little bit of a milestone. You you go back to opening day. What do you remember about 1996? Well, the truth is, I was in Miami. I might have been... That's a long time ago, Las, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, I think I was in Las Vegas, actually, in 1996, working there. But I flew up for the mile. So my first time at the new racetrack was actually on mile day, when it was in good uh, beat, what, Big Ten, I believe, Yeah. in the mile. And I was just amazed at the new facility. I mean, I love Long Acres. I always will love Long Acres. But the paddock area was just so cool. And we, I sat up there, you know, above there the first time, and I thought, man, you know, it's not be Long Acres, but it's going to be its own place and its own right, and it's going to have a great history. And you know, I, I fell in love with the new place uh, that first day. Awesome. Yeah, that was Bob Baffert's only trip to Emerald Downs, that fellow that's in the news a bit. But uh, is it in good winning for Mike Pegram there on that first mile day here at Emerald Downs? Well, uh, yeah, so our birthday... Uh, uh, it's coming up, but a lot of a lot of great racing and names and stories under the bridge. Or what? What are you consider some of your top moments uh, observing Emerald Downs? You know, that's why I've been thinking about that. I mean, just you know, you think of a couple. And, oh my gosh, I forgot that one. Yeah, I, mean, I think I'll never forget flamethrowing Texan and Poppy Chulo. Mm. That mile will always stand out, just because. I mean, what a great horse race that was. That, I mean, just, you know, I mean, that, that was one I'll remember. Uh, Skyjack, I mean, I don't know if I, I think that's probably the most impressive win I've seen. I mean, I know he probably won by only six lengths, but simulate one like by 10. I mean, it was the last race ever, and, you know, he was second in the Hollywood Gold Cup, and 
and yeah, he just, he ran really fast that day too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Set the uh, track record, I yep. believe, right? Mm-hmm. If I'm right. Um, so that I mean, Ron obviously finishing one two, Ron Crockett with the with the great face, and uh, raise, oh gosh, raise the bluff. Yeah. Thank you. Raise the bluff. Mm-hmm. But then you see, you know, you start thinking, oh my gosh, but what about Attaboy Roy? What about Noosa Beach? And <laughs> you know, and then and then one horse that I'll be honest with you. I always for, it took me a while to get on the bandwagon because I, I was I was slow to the bandwagon with Striker PhD. I mean, he kept finishing second, and he's always long odds, and I just kept thinking that year he's just not that good. And it took me way too long before I finally realized, yes, that's a pretty darn good racehorse, Striker PhD. Um, so I was kind of uh, once I was hooked to how good that horse was, I. Um, I, I was, definitely became a, a big fan. I was a little slow on him, too. Um, even though I did pick him second in the mile to uh, uh, the horse that beat him of Robbie Gilkers uh, in 2013, uh, Vince, oh boy, I can't remember the name of that horse. Uh, Herbie D. Herbie D. Oh, yeah. I, I had that exact a cold, but, you know, Stryker was a closer. And uh, I think it was the next year he started at the first mile stake race, and it was muddy. And here he's a closer off a layoff. I mean, it just against all handicapping, you know, tenets, and he just won easily. And he, that was part of his eight consecutive stake race, race win streak. And yeah, he was special. John Lindley was even picking him to win, guys, uh, in the last couple yeah. of years. And you know, he doesn't pick that many closers. I got to go. All right. Yeah, finally, finally. Uh, I, I don't know about you guys, but I started thinking more about the 25 years. I think what really stands out to me. Honestly, it's just the people in this industry. I mean, you know, I became su- such a fan of Don Munger, mm. you know, the Iwo Jima veteran. Yeah. You know, and you know, just you know, I mean, get a chance to know and Gary Bass, who I was a kid, you know, mm. you know, just thought he was the greatest guy ever, you know, and just people in horse racing are just so honest, and you know, they just they love the sport, and I think that's probably been my, my, my what I've, I'll remember more. It's just all the people that I've dealt with over the over the years, and how much, you know. I'm sure, like any sport, there's a few people, there's a few bad eggs. But I tell people, the vast, vast, vast majority of people really, really care about the welfare of the horses and doing the right right thing by them. And, and at least that's been my experience. You know, and, Scott. Yeah, you mentioned the Don Munger piece. That's still in the Quarter Shoot Cafe yes. on the wall there, and. That story got so many letters to the Seattle Times, I remember, including an ex-Mariner pitcher named Roy Thomas, just hmm. saying how much he just learned and respected Don Munger just reading that story. And well, it that's just... A, that's yeah. a great memory, Joe. That was Vince. Right yeah, there. so it oh, was... Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it was a great story, and I, I learned a lot about Don reading that, too. And you, you mentioned just the, the high character, integrity people we have around the sport, and and uh, just mentioning Don's name brings back some great memories. Yeah, Don Munger. Wow. Uh, you know, I got to spend some time with him, too. And, jeez, uh, he told these stories where, you know, most guys would be bragging and patting themselves on the back because they really did something actually heroic in the war, which, you know, who knows what, what happens uh, when, the, when the bullets are flying around. But uh, he told things in such a humble way. And, and his success in Eamclaw, too, and that building that up and purchasing Barbaric Spirit, the uh, uh, sire that really turned his fortunes around, the hard work, building seven barns. Uh, yeah, he he is one of our all-time 
great people. He left us in 2017, Don Munger. At the, you know. Yeah, but the, and the, but there's so many people you know like him back there that yeah. are just really just nice people. People you know you really want you really want to root for. Yes, indeed. Uh, you know, I I I've often thought of that when I see somebody from uh, the industry and, and especially horsemen, trainers, and grooms and jockeys in the grocery store or somewhere in town, and you just feel like you have this connection because you know all the hard work and the you know early morning hours and uh, even late nights as well that goes into uh, this game to be successful or even you know just to to make it, and uh, you just respect that for so many people. Well, well I think one of the Maybe my favorite story that, I, that I've done was I followed a, a groom around from the time he woke up in the morning until the end of night racing. It was uh, Martin Pimentel. I think he's a trainer now. Yep. But at the time he was a uh, he was an assistant for uh, Craig Roberts, and Craig was nice enough to give me that kind of access. But I was there from the moment he woke up until the uh, the end of racing that night. You know, it's a lot of hours and a lot of tension uh, those people are doing back there. Pe- things that you don't even see or have any idea if you're just a, a, a fan going to the races how much work and how much effort goes in to getting those horses to the races. Um, you know, I thought I had an idea how hard those guys work, but <laughs> actually being there, I, you know, and that was just one day they're back at it again the next morning. I was, I was tired for a couple of days, you know, but the next morning they were back at it at four 30 or whatever it was in the morning. So right. gained a lot of appreciation for what they, what those guys do. Most definitely. Yeah. And there's some physical work involved, uh, not only handling the horses and, you know, some horses are pretty aggressive at times and uh, they have all different personalities, but then you're, you're lifting things and buckets and, and toting stuff and bales of hay. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it has, it's, uh, it's a job that really entails a lot of physical work. Scott, in addition to Emerald Downs, they've got you running pretty ragged down there at the times in a good way. So you must, you're in demand. You tell us some of the other things you've got going right now. Well, you know, I, I'm kind of like the Husky side sport. So I, I was doing Husky soccer, Husky volleyball, Husky softball, Husky crew. I was doing all that. Um, I'm a Mariner backup writer now, officially. And we have a guy out in the desk. So I'm working desk shifts right now. And also getting ready to start working on my uh, 25th anniversary story. Uh, Emerald Downs going to talk with Ron, just kind of, hey, looking back at, you know, what do you have to do to get this place going? And, you know, what's he think now, 25 years later? And look, I'm look at me, 25 other people, you know, and names and personalities and horses who, have, uh, who are part of it. But, uh, yeah, it's been busy. I wish I had more time to actually uh, come up and go off the horse races. But that will happen. Vince and I are looking forward, as uh, many of our listeners are, to seeing that for sure. And, uh, you know, I saw in this last weekend's paper, you're going to, you got the big shoes uh, to fill for a time being of uh, doing that the Dwight Perry uh, comedy and uh, information. Oh, I, I can't remember. Sideline chatter, right, Scott? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually not, not going to fill. I, I filled in for him before he's on vacation. Okay. He's actually out. He's actually out for a while. For health reasons, so that was kind of my uh, just a, a send off. Let people know, hey, Dwight's going to be gone. I really can't replace him, so here's kind of a tribute I have in the uh, past. But he'll, I'm hoping he'll come back here next month or two or whatever, whenever whenever he's able to. And but yeah, I have I have done in the past, Joe, and that's hard work <laughs> to be that funny, uh, especially when I was doing it four times a week. Oh. I mean, after four days, I, I mean, I can be funny for a little bit, but to do it 
week after week. That was oh. impressive how he does it. Oh my gosh, the things he ties into when he sees a phrase, you know, and then he ties it to the world of sports or just uh, to another sport. It's just amazing uh, that sideline chatter in the Times. Boy, I, I'm I'm sure some people subscribe to your paper just to read that. I think. You know, the funny thing is he's, he's picked up all over the world. I mean, they, hmm. they run him in Australia and Ireland and Florida and San Diego. I believe so, it. So it was always kind of fun when I got to replace him. Um, I would get a chance to be, be published all over the world for a little bit. But yeah, he's, he, he, he was the best, he was the best of the business of doing that. I, I believe that. No doubt about it. Dwight Perry, awesome stuff in the Seattle times, the sideline chatter. Um, and the Belmont Stakes this weekend. Scott was the official Seattle Times handicapper, uh, a daily handicap for several years. And uh, so he's not uh, adverse to reading a daily racing form, uh, past performances, and, and coming up with uh, a horse. Uh, did you get a chance at all to look at the Belmont Stakes this Saturday? Yeah, I, I have. I, okay. I, I'm not going to be too exciting. I kind of... Uh... I kind of like the central quality and hot rod Charlie. I thought they ran two pretty darn good races in the, in the Derby. I kind of feel like, you know, they, they've got the five weeks off now. You know, I think that they can handle the distance. Um, I'm not sure I'm get great odds on that, but, uh, I've tried, uh, I've tried with big, with decent prices in the first two races and haven't, haven't been real lucky. Although I guess, uh, I guess yeah. there was a chance last race. I just didn't have the right one. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, the, so those are the two. I mean, if Ron Bauer wins, well, congratulations. I mean, I think it's a better. I think it's a much better field this time. And now he has now he has three weeks to rest. They just have five. So I'll probably just do some of the exact box essential quality and hot rod Charlie if they're in the field on Saturday. Okay, well, essential quality. That was his first loss, and apparently he ran like 28 feet more than the winner did because of his four wide trip. Uh, especially on the far turn and, and uh, into the stretch. So, um, yeah, you'd certainly got that going for him, and he was narrowly beaten. That was kind of a funny last three sixteenths in the Derby, though, those top four uh, that uh, they just didn't really change positions much. They just kind of proceeded down the stretch together. But, again, essential quality wide. Uh, got to cut him some slack there. Well, Scott, look, <laughs> go ahead. Oh no! Yeah, no. It's one of the oddest purchases I've ever seen. It was yeah. It was almost like they were, yeah. They, they hardly changed at yeah. all. That last, that, no, it was, yeah. No, it was. It was crazy. If you're rooting for any one of them, you know, you thought I can win this. I can win this, and then, yeah. No uh, yeah hot Rod uh, Mandaloon second. Hot Rod Charlie third. Essential quality fourth. Beaten just uh, just a little over a length. Well, uh, keep working on. Uh, your stuff. I know you're busy, and we're certainly looking forward to seeing uh, the 25th anniversary birthday piece, which uh, June 20th is coming up, not too far away. Scott, always a pleasure to talk to you, and uh, see you at the track soon, hopefully. Have a good day, guys. Thanks, Scott. Thank you. Bye. Scott Hansen joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he was handicapper there for a few years. Scott likes to, yeah, he can read a racing form oh, yeah. with oh, the yeah. best of them. Yeah, he likes to get involved. And, in, you know, you can tell there Scott is a super nice uh, gentleman. Just a pleasure always to have at the racetrack. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, hey, how about a couple of selections here for... Well, I think we haven't been doing too hot. Have well, we, Joe? you know, I'm, I'm trying to look forward to this week. Okay, okay and, yeah. And what does that tell you right there? Nothing to brag about. No, you're right. That's turf history. Let's <laughs> go, let's move forward. No, nothing to brag about. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so for you today. 
Okay, so for, for, for uh, Wednesday, for Wednesday, I'm going to go to race three. Uh, this is a 15,000 claimer for fillies and mares, non-winners of three lifetime, abbreviated distance of five furlong. I'll go to the rail, a horse named uh, She's Smart Enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, her first start at Emerald Downs. I think this is uh, a, a really promising spot for her first start here. She gets the rail, Juan Gutierrez. I think she has a fitness edge over many of these, and I always like speed from the rail at these shorter distances. So I think uh, she's smart enough, 9-2 to two on the line, can go wire to wire. Okay, 9-2 to two on the Vince Brune morning line. I'm going to go to the fourth race, and I'm going to pick 15-1, to one, Tis a Stone. Okay, you know, the rest of them in there are just not sensational by any means. It is a non-winner of two, so you have that. Um, you know, David knows best. He won on the lead as a two-year-old last year. Shark Harbor is coming off a pretty decent race in Phoenix. Uh, continue on Victor broke his maiden here last year. Then really wasn't exciting against winners. Um, you know, just go up and down the list. It's a field of seven. But Tizza Stone was improving as uh, 2020 went along. And he finally won in his last start at the meet on our closing week, October 28th. And uh, he's run from behind horses before and past horses. I'm just looking at a horse here from Satchel Stevens Barn with uh, Serapio Figueroa that was improving in 2020, certainly off 2019, 2018, whatever he ran. Yeah, he ran in 2018. So longest shot on the board, uh, just not a, a super tough field to beat. So I've got a, I got your longest shot on the board there in race four, Tis a Stone. I like that. And well, that that, yeah. that name, Stevens, if anyone's wondering, Satchel is the nephew of Hall of Fame jockey uh, Gary Stevens, who we know very well up here in the uh, Pacific Northwest. Okay, Thursday, mm -hmm. I'll go to race six. This is an 8,000 claimer, non-winners of two, lifetime, five and a half furlongs. This is the morning line favorite I'm picking, but it's interesting. Count Alexi, uh, this is a really unusual circumstance. A horse that's technically a maiden, I think, has a class edge in a non-winners of two lifetime. Yeah, okay. The horse has finished first in one of those 1,000-yard mixed breed races at Los Alamitos. Um, but the, uh, Count Alexi, trained by Jorge Rosales, is coming out of the caveman stakes at uh, Grants Pass Downs. Uh, last month. That field included Pulpits, Power, Pure Pursuit, Golden Cowboy, El Alto Ombre, the winner of that race, already has come back to win. Um, I think Count Alexi um, can play the game either on the pace or off the pace, and I think has a great chance for a win. Very good. Count Alexi for Vince at 5-2 uh, to two on his morning line. Shows being a maiden, and uh, he is officially as a thoroughbred, but he did win that mixed race not that long ago, in fact, late April. And also showed some ability at the big tracks in uh, California last year as well, too. Well, you know, I've always been kind of a fan of pistol power, and I'm certainly a fan of Mike Mann's gold. I could see Mike Mann's gold uh, getting some pace competition in the eighth race on Thursday. Um, Sovereign Nation's back in there. Drawing outside Mike Mann's gold. Mike Mann's gold ran a heck of a race for his 10th consecutive year to win here at Emerald Downs. Pistol Power ran really well the last quarter mile. He was coming off a layoff from last November. Mike Mann's gold had had some recent racing down at Turf Paradise. Pistol Power has eight career wins. Four of them are at the six furlong distance, and four are a mile or longer. He's just really versatile. 
And, uh, you know, the bounce factor, you know, it, you, it goes through your mind when you come back in two weeks after a fairly lengthy layoff. But look at his series of just strong efforts time after time. He is just a really solid racehorse for Rigoberto, Jesse Velasquez, Alex and I back aboard who did win on him last year. So I'm going to take pistol power in the eighth race from just a little bit off the pace. So there's a couple of looks at uh, Emerald Downs this week. First race, 6 p.m., Wednesday and Thursday nights. And uh, we're scheduled to start on Father's Day, Sunday, June 20th, which we will be racing on June 20th, Father's Day. So that'll be our first Sunday. And uh, here's a trivia question, and we'll have a, a shirt or a cap for you if you get the right answer and you win the drawing. Back to the trivia, Vince. Let's do it. Blaine Wright started another twist of fate in the 2019 Preakness Stakes. Who's the only other locally based trainer to start a horse in a triple crown race? And we'll start from 1996 to the present. The only other locally based trainer to start a horse in, the, in a triple crown race since 1996. So send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Trivia at emeralddowns.com. Thanks so much to our guests, Anthony the Big Ace DeVille and Scott Hansen. And uh, racing this week at Emerald Downs, Vince. Looking forward to it, Joe. Like you mentioned earlier, beautiful weather. 18 races, 8 Wednesday, 10 Thursday. Thanks to our producer-editor, Cy Labar. And thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest. <laughs>